0: You can't really talk about the early second wave or the women's movement without talking about what's not even allowed. This is a WLRN Extended Interview. Greetings. Thanks for tuning in to another WLRN Extended Interview. Last week, I interviewed Professor Silvia Carrasco. Professor of Social Anthropology at Universidad Autónoma de Barcelona. As an anthropologist of education, her work focuses on diversity and inequality. More specifically, she conducts research on school experiences and trajectories of migrant and working class students and public policies in this field. She is now working on early school leaving and social integration of migrant and refugee children to Europe and on the penetration of neoliberal ideology in education and its impact on co-education. As a feminist activist, she is co-founder of Feministas de Catalunya, a radical feminist organization that is part of the Spanish Confluencia Movimiento Feminista, which is the topic of our conversation today. All right. So, hello, Sylvia. How are you
1: today? Hello. Thank you very much for having me. It's an opportunity to talk about our organization, our umbrella, in fact.
0: Yeah. So, um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and how you got involved in feminist activism so our listeners can get to know you a little bit?
1: Oh Yes, thank you. Well, um, I am... Uh, a professor of social anthropology and I I work at uh, the Autonomous University of Barcelona, but I am from a formerly textile industry village of uh, 200,000 inhabitants, very close to Barcelona. So I I come from this background and now I happen to work in the university here. And uh, yeah, I've uh, always been a feminist, although uh, not involved always in the feminist uh, movement actively. I come from a progressive family in a working class background, as I said, and uh, from what we call in Spain, the losers of the war, meaning the Spanish Civil War. And um, I've always felt like I was a feminist because my mother and even my grandmother were feminists in practice, let's say. But I never participated in feminist movements in, in the university, for example, because I thought they were very middle class biased. And, uh, but I've always been a member of left-wing parties, and that's through uh, the, those parties that I that I uh, participated in, the feminist sections, etc. But uh, all this changed two years ago, so I don't know if you want to know a little more about that, so <laughs> I don't know, I can elaborate a little.
0: Yeah, what changed? I'm sure it, it must have something to do with gender identity ideology, oh, yes. right?
1: <laughs> oh yes, it did. So... Um, What I said a couple of years ago, uh, some feminist friends and some of us also party members of the green left wing party here in in Catalonia, which is one of the 17 autonomous regions in in Spain, uh, realized that There was um, a dangerous move, a dangerous advancement of postmodern pseudo-feminism, and it was part of advancement of postmodern neoliberal ideas, so feminism was just part of that being turned out, and it was transforming left-wing organizations, especially from cities with glamour, let's say like Barcelona, that was speaking on behalf of all women in, in the country, And uh, we decided to create a separate group of us uh, to gather to, I would say, to reorganize uh, radical feminists and work with other groups and uh, try to to create a joint answer to that. Because we were starting to be really, really worried because uh, some bills were already being um, proposed. And but as I say, as part of general neoliberal. Postmodernism that passed as uh, or that was disguised uh, disguised as uh, progressive transgressive ideology and we realized it wasn't at all so that's what happened two years ago.
0: Mm-hmm. And now there's confluencia. Can you tell us how confluencia came together in Spain and your part in it and what confluencia hopes to achieve?
1: Yes. Uh, Confluencia, uh, would, I'd like to translate it to English as coming together. It's, mm-hmm. I think it's, the, it's the, the most suitable translation. It's an effort to, to do what we started to do with some friends at a very local level, but uh, uh, throughout the country, throughout Spain. So it, it's uh, an effort to rediscover what we have, what we have in common. And fight for it. In fact, it started as a as a reaction. I would say it started as a reaction, somewhat late reaction to what was already becoming hegemonic postmodern interpretations of feminism. And it started, for example, uh, in um, one of the of the I think that uh, starting events once on March the 8th, the, the International Women's Day, in 2018, and then it became even worse in 2019. What happened? Well, radical feminists claiming for the feminist abolitionist agenda, the abolition of all kinds of violence against women, especially against sexual and reproduction exploitation, were not only expelled, but also physically attacked in several rallies, especially in, in Madrid and Barcelona. It's been reported there are images and uh, there's uh, legal issues going on. And uh, by part of the organizers, so the organization of March 8. Had completely been taken by trans activists and alleged self-declared feminists who would not let us be there. And um, and then several organizations of uh, radical feminists in several cities, Madrid and Barcelona especially, but uh, other cities in southern Spain and Andalusia, in uh, in Valencia, on on the coast, the Mediterranean coast. Um, well, they decided to to start a plan and create a call for a common umbrella throughout Spain under which we could come together and reorganize the movement, the whole movement. Mm-hmm. And that was also triggered, as I said, by the second line of events, that is the, the scary verification just one year ago that the progressive government resulting from the general elections one year ago, as I said, November 2019, intended to propose bills inspired by this postmodern ideas such as the gender recognition without medical, psychological, legal, or age filters, instead of making a step forward to making women's rights effective. And and we were, most of us, voters of the parties that made up for the coalition of government. So it was a great deception for us. Mm -hmm. It's it's how it started. So it's been some months already.
0: Yeah, so it's really new. I mean, November 10th, I think, was the official launch of Confluencia. Yes. Would you call it a
1: coalition movement? Uh, yeah, well, it, it, it's an. I like to call it an umbrella, like a network, but it's an umbrella. Yeah. To work as a whole organization in itself, but to support all the claims and movements and actions and concerns of each of the organizations that are composing this umbrella so it's not a coalition in itself it sounds to me more like a government coalition as the one we have it's it may work as a coalition it should work as a coalition but it's it's more a supportive umbrella so far and yeah. Who knows in the the months to come what what will develop from this?
0: Mm -hmm. And I, you know, that leads me to my next question about the Quienes Somos tab, the Who We Are tab on the website, because in the very first sentence it says Nace de forma autónoma, or was birthed in an autonomous way, and you know we Americans don't really use that term. Um, over here to, to, to describe our feminist movement very often. But I feel like what you're talking about, the difference, difference between a network and an umbrella and a coalition is related to what you were saying about every organization under this umbrella has their own autonomy and ability to promote their own goals that may not be always in alignment with the goals of some of the other organizations. Am I on to something here? Um, yes and no. Well,
1: yeah, probably all the goals are aligned with the with the goals of the umbrella. But the, the issue is that we have this um, well, unrecognized federal state, uh, which is uh, composed by 17 autonomous communities and autonomous regions. I mean, they, we have, for example, in Catalonia, capital city, Barcelona, we have our own parliament and many, many national laws. Uh, have their versions, and uh, we have different ruling parties, for example. So they may take different lines of action of policy action, but and, and quite autonomous. For example, education, health, and uh, anti discrimination act, social policy. All these is transferred to the autonomous communities, and so that that's why it is important that all the organisations that may uh, align in common goals may may have to face different issues regionally let's say and that's that's uh, important and i have an example that may you help understand what i mean here but before that in fact autónoma uh, would translate more for independent from any partisan uh, organization institution or lobby it's more you, i think it should be understood more that uh, in that way independent oh, okay. i already explained i already explained that uh, how it started what triggered uh, the development of this umbrella, of this coming together. Uh, But as I said, for example, now in in, in Catalonia, my autonomous region, uh, there is a a bill to modify uh, the law uh, about violence against women. And through the back door, using the back door of any reform, any reform like this one, which is apparently intended to um, expand the, the the types of violence against women because the law is from 2008 and cyber violence, for example, was not included or other or, for example, institutional violence where women may be re-victimized when uh, when going uh, trying to to ask for help from institutions, etc. Uh, the police and that, that kind of institutional violence was not included uh, either, etc. With this pretext, in fact, what they are doing is that they are changing the definition of the victim and they are erasing the concept of women as a protected category. So yeah. everyone who declares as, and now we, there's no longer women as the target and the only target of male to female violence Are women and girls. So it is a complete perversion of the law. That's what we call the backdoors. So we, for example, in Catalonia, several organizations, not only the one I belong to, are fighting against that, doing anything we can, and uh, hopefully will be a little successful. I don't know. But then all the confluencia, all the umbrella and all the organizations of the umbrella as one voice and as more than 50 voices right now are supporting this, spreading the word, letting uh, other communities to know, uh, other autonomous communities to know and raising awareness that what is going on now in our parliament here in Catalonia is just the start of what may be happening next week, next month. In other parliaments, in other regional parliaments, they are going to use the same back doors. So this is the way we organize and and how um, interesting this this mutual support is. You are listening to WLRN.
0: And what are your uniting principles in the umbrella
1: yeah, well, we are abolitionists of gender, all kind of discrimination and exploitation against women. And uh, we, we, of course, align with, uh, with the radical feminist agenda of all times, I would say. So that's, uh, that means, of course, that we're far fighting against uh, sexual exploitation. Uh, you may not know that Spain is the third country in the world that's a destiny of uh, sexual, uh, of traffic of women and, and uh, in consumption, in numbers of consumption of prostitution, also due to sexual tourism, which is not even part of this bill they are going to, uh, they, they want to, to get passed in Catalonia, for example, or uh, sexist uh, marketing, for example, and or pornography, which uh, younger and younger uh, boys are starting to consume, and everybody knows that has to do with uh, with the kind of excitement, sexual excitement they are getting used to. And uh, so if this reform was in fact intended to improve uh, the existing law, it would include all these types of violence, and, and it doesn't. So uh, all this is, uh, again, part of the common goals that we share in the Confluencia and each one of its uh, organizations.
0: Mm-hmm. What have been some of the biggest challenges facing Confluencia and facing women doing feminist
1: organizing in general in Spain? Well, the most complicating thing is that we are growing by the day. So, in fact, uh, it is a success because um, the women who started, I wasn't part of the, the first organizations in Madrid or Barcelona, uh, but I joined Quite right away, <laughs> but um, it, it's been a success because what we what we are realizing right now is that many small organizations that were scattered throughout Spain were in in very strong need of this umbrella uh, of this supporting articulation of the feminist movement. So the challenge is growing at the same time as um, really be becoming strong. To, to challenge uh, what's going on with the trans bills that the central government is intending to pass, or even the regional parliaments are intending to pass, or have already passed and have gone unnoticed, and now we have to struggle to to get them uh, um, to make them unlawful. So I don't know uh, if I'm answering, but th- these are the, the great challenges. But also at the same time being attacked and uh, and trying to reach out to women who are not in any organizations and are uncritically embracing um, transgenderism because they just buy it, it uh, the, that it's an expansion of rights, that feminist agenda has always been welcoming to any expansions of any discriminated group, etc. So reaching out to not organized women and also trying to, to get into into the institutions, especially the, and 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 the media and in education, where all these ideas are very very quickly um, spreading and changing ideas of a whole generation. So mm-hmm. I think these these are the several challenges. So in fact, the challenge is that is that we are growing and at the se- which means of course adapting the organization and at the same time having to face all these um, challenges. Interesting.
0: I I would say that's similar in the United States, that women are waking up and looking for ways to plug in and, and want to be feminist activists. Um, and, uh, also it's because transgenderism has infiltrated every aspect of our culture and our policies. And, and so, yeah, it is, it's challenging. It's very, it's a very challenging moment, but, um, Definitely, I've been inspired watching Confluencia um, <laughs> come come into itself. Um, what what are a few of your favorite moments or highlights um, that you've you've experienced in the process of creating Confluencia?
1: Well, I think that uh, as you already mentioned, November 10 uh, or. Really our peak so far <laughs> so although we have been working for months, we only came out officially last November uh, by holding what I believe to be an incredible event with more than 200 attendees, most of them journalists so that was a success because what we're also um, experiencing is that uh, we're being threatened or reported or it's being, it's becoming difficult to make our voices heard in the media and the social networks. So that was this this webinar. Based on testimonials, we not only gathered the existing knowledge to dismantle transgenderism as a neoliberal ideology that's harming women but the society as a whole, but also based on testimonial, but rather sorry, based on testimonials and personal evidences of medical experts, uh, transitioner young women. Uh, who explained how much they had suffered until they encountered feminism and how it had saved them. This is a very important and powerful message. Also, um, they we explained these ideas that of uh, the kidnapping, I call it the kidnapping of co-education, while introducing transgender ideology in schools. There were elite sport women who were becoming aware of how trans women in sports were, in fact, the end of women's careers, and also, for example, there was also very powerful a woman expert on gender equality training who had been fired from her job on the basis of transphobia, where she refused to remove historical pictures from the Second Republic, where left-wing militia women liberated brothers, and she refused to do that. She was fired. So and then we also presented our legal analysis of the so-called trans build the government intended to pass. And I think that's. The true highlight, but there, there are many to come. There are many to, I hope.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Great. So is there anything else you'd like to tell our WM, WLRN listeners who are largely American lesbians and radical feminists?
1: Well, um, I think that um, there's not only this, this common challenge to reach out to women and awakening them, women who are not organized, but it seems that feminist scholars have some very important messages to share. Otherwise, our organization would not provoke such an aggressive reaction by the visible and the invisible powers. So uh, I think we need to unite and to create more and more common spaces internationally, nationally and internationally, to um, harmonize our our understanding of uh, how harmful cultural neoliberalism. Sorry, the anthropologist in me, uh, and trying to to understand what's going on, how it is destroying our whole societies and communities, and how it is how it is not by coincidence. It's not just another um, struggle of a neoliberal culture. Against feminists, against women, it's it's because we are telling something important to. Mm. We have something to tell, something something to tell that is important for the whole society. That's why we need to to come together more confluencia, international confluencia.
0: Yeah, here, here. I I, I just have one more question. What do you think is the end goal of transgenderism? Like, do you think that this is a movement to take power all over the world? that's anti-democratic in addition to being misogynistic?
1: Well, I'm not one that goes for conspiracy theories easily, but I think that corporate power exists. It would be We would be really blind not to acknowledge that. And I think that this, it is a very intelligent move on their side to dismantle the organization of women. Women are not going to let rights go so easily. Um, what is happening now, and maybe I need to, to provide more evidence, but it, it's an idea that it's, uh, I, I'm, I'm really strong about that, is that 100 years ago, or 100 or 200, 150 years ago, the market uh, made, made an advancement by uh, turning the producers into consumers in, and then creating mass consumption. And that, that was, that, that entered in a new phase of capitalism. And now... What is happening, in my view, is that we are, uh, we are being encouraged to consume our own bodies. And it is the more narcissistic way to, to uh, educate a whole generation, forgetting about the collective, forgetting about the society and the redistribution of wealth in, a, in an increasingly unequal world, and concentrating on. Uh, our identities on ourselves and consuming our bodies. Now, you can choose what kind of body you are, what kind of identity you have. And I think it's a, it's a comparative um, uh, move. And, of course, there is a goal. I think the goal is to destroy opposition, democratic, uh, progressive opposition that stands for the redistribution of wealth, Collective uh, concerns instead of individualism and this has been going on for decades and we paid attention To the the economic agenda of neoliberalism and we neglected the cultural effects of neoliberalism, and I think it is part of that
0: Wow, yeah, that's a really helpful analysis of the situation So thank you so much Sylvia, for spending some time with me today
1: It's been a a great opportunity and a pleasure. Thank you. We'll meet again. Thank you for joining
0: me for this WLRN extended interview with Professor Silvia Carrasco of the Organization Feministas de Catalunya and Confluencia Movimiento Feminista an umbrella organization for more than 50 Spanish organizations united in their opposition to gender identity, ideology, and politics, prostitution and pornography, and surrogacy. If you like what you're hearing, please consider a donation to Feminist Community Powered Radio by visiting our WordPress site and clicking on the Donate button. Check out our merch tab for a nice gift in exchange for your support. Thanks again. This is Thistle Pettersen signing off for now.